Hey, and thanks for tuning in to the Father's House podcast. The Father's House exists to see people discover life in Jesus. We hope that today's message brings you fresh life and renewed hope as you listen. Enjoy. Well, today we are in the middle of a series we are calling The Rhythm Is Gonna Get You. Thank you, Gloria Estefan. No? No fans? Okay. I know, we were cracking up when we started this series. I'm like, yes, because I used to pretend I was her in the 90s and I would belt that song out. But if you don't know her, that's fine. You can go with the alternate title, which is Restoring Life's Cadence. See, uh, this is an opportunity that we have to get back to some rhythms in our life. And not just any rhythm, but I think the most important rhythms we need to get back to are the spiritual rhythms. So if you haven't been with us the last few weeks, I just wanna recap what we've been talking about the last uh, few messages. The first week, Tim brought a word about the rhythm of pressing, that we are called to be those that don't just let life take us by surprise, but we are those who press, like the apostles. Paul, we press on towards the goal and we, we have a picture, an image of heaven as the goal. Uh, the following week, we talked about a rhythm of repentance. That was such a good word. And we're called to repent quickly and often. I hope you're still carrying that and practicing that just a couple weeks later in the rhythms of your life. And then last week, we talked about the rhythm of putting God first, that we're to seek the kingdom of God above all else. And today, I want to add to this collection of uh, chats about rhythm, and I want to talk about the rhythm of filling up and pouring out, the rhythm of receiving and then giving. And I know what some of you are thinking, you just talked about giving, you just talked about tithe, and our minds automatically go to that. See, the, the rhythm of giving and receiving doesn't just have to do with our finances, it has to do with so much more. And I believe that this rhythm is vital for us to get, the rhythm of giving and receiving and pouring out and filling up. And it's so important to get this spiritual rhythm, not just as a discipline, but by the power of the Holy Spirit, because this is our purpose in life. So today, I wanna look at our key text, and before I read it out, if you have a Bible, you can turn to Matthew 10, um, chapter 10, verse eight. But before I read it out, I wanna give you a little picture of what happens before we read this. So. Jesus had been hanging out with his disciples. He had called Peter and then he had gathered a few more and pretty soon he had 12 disciples with him. And he had spent his time training them, uh, teaching them his ways, pouring his wisdom into them. He spent about two years spending time with them. He took them on missionary journeys and they kind of, you know, did the I'm gonna hold your hand and I'm gonna teach you how to minister to people. But now Jesus was ready to send his disciples out on their own. And before he sent them out, he said this. He said, freely you have received from me. Now freely, it's time for you to give. Freely you've received, now freely I want you to give. See, Jesus didn't just tell his 12 disciples that. This is a message that he tells each and every one of us. Hey church, freely you have received. Now freely I want you to give. I want you to pour out. See, this concept of giving and receiving, filling up and pouring out, this is the main part of our life of faith. That we are to first love God, we're supposed to become his disciple, we're supposed to fill up on him, we're supposed to read his word and get to know him and have him teach us. 
And then we're not supposed to just hold that in all to ourselves. No, he said, freely I gave to you. Now freely, I want you to give out. Don't hoard it. Don't just hoard the things I've given you. Freely. We're called to be spiritual little teapots. I don't know if you know, you, you, you catch this already, but we're supposed to be little teapots, short and stout. Here's my handle. No, here's my spout. When I get filled up, what do I need to do? Tip me over, pour me out. Yeah, we're supposed to be spiritual teapots. And I believe that we need to catch this rhythm because this is the mandate. This is the chief mission of our lives to not just fill up on God, but to also pour out. And I think it's especially important for us to do this and catch this in this season because we just spent a whole lot of time sheltered in place by ourselves where we had a whole lot of opportunity to fill up. Fill up on the things like reassess our lives, figure out how to connect with God in greater ways, but we had less opportunity to pour out. And although our world has opened up, although our lives have begun to open up, Christians, many of us are still living in those old rhythms of just simply filling up, and we haven't begun to pour out. If you're taking notes today, you can title this message, The Dead Sea in Me. Come on, tell your neighbors, say, The Dead Sea in Me. All right, let's pray. Stop talking to your neighbor. Jesus, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for your presence that you meet us here, that you prepare our hearts to even receive from you. Right now, I pray that you would open up our hearts and we would pay attention to what you wanna speak to us today. And would you fill us uh, with your words, with your love. Would you use my words to translate um, to every heart, people in the room and people online at our 6 p.m. We pray this right now in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have you ever heard this expression? You can never have too much of a good thing. You ever heard that? Never have too much of a good thing. You know, water is a really good thing, right? Like we all need water to survive. Like we can't survive without water. It's really good. I'm kind of thirsty, so hang on. Yeah, water's good, right? I love water. Uh, sometimes too much of something can be bad. I, uh, I read a story, an article about a woman who lived in Sacramento, this is years ago, and she competed in this radio contest. They were having this contest and it was called a, a we for your we. <laughs> now let me explain that. The, the first we had to do with P. Sorry, I'm like a child up here. I'm talking about urine this morning. Yes, I am. But the second we had to do with a video game console that Nintendo created. Anybody used to play the Wii? No? Yeah, in here? So who still plays it? Oh, no one wants to admit it. Thank you for being honest. So this woman was a part of this competition, and the, the competition was simple. Who can drink the most water without peeing, and you win the game? Like, simple as that. And I'm sure she thought, like, oh, this is great. I could win, potentially win this, this video game console, and I get hydrated, like, win-win situation. But after the competition, after she drank bottle after bottle after bottle of water, something bad happened. The woman uh, goes about her day, she goes home and she starts to not feel so good. 
And what the woman started to experience was something called water intoxication. I'm gonna read out what water intoxication is. It occurs when overhydration dilutes the sodium levels in your body and eventually causes the brain to swell. Water intoxication can cause headache, nausea, vomiting, seizures, and it even can cause death. And in this woman's situation, the most extreme side effect occurred. She died, literally from drinking too much of a good thing literally from having too much of a good thing. See, water's good, but because she took in so much of it and didn't let any of it out, it became deadly. So you could say that too much of a good thing could become bad. And I think the same thing can happen in our spiritual lives. Filling up without pouring out can be deadly. Uh, Told you about a woman who drank too much water. Now let me tell you about a body of water. Back to our sermon title, The Dead Sea in Me. Uh, Years ago, Tim and I got to go to Israel to walk where Jesus walked, get to, you know, go to all the places where he ministered to people, the place where he was born, the place where the resurrection happened, like getting to see the tomb. It was incredible. But we also got to do some touristy things. And we got to go to this body of water called the Dead Sea. Now, the Dead Sea is really cool because you... If you don't know how to swim, it's like the best place to go because you don't have to fear drowning because everybody floats in the Dead Sea. It's the trippiest thing and the most hilarious thing to watch, like just all these bodies bobbing. Like, you're like, where's your raft? No, I don't have one either. Like, it's hilarious. You should go there. COVID needs to end so that you can go there. Anyway, but the reason people float is because the salt content is so high in the Dead Sea. They say that it's almost 10 times greater than the salt content in the ocean. And so it's this hilarious picture of everybody just floating. But more interestingly than people getting to float without a flotation device is how the Dead Sea gets its name. See, the Dead Sea has many rivers that flow into it. One of the largest ones being the Jordan River. So the Dead Sea takes in all of this water, but the Dead Sea never pours out. There's an inlet, but there's no outlet. So because there's no outlet, nothing can survive. No fish, no plant, no living organism has the ability to survive in this space. You could say that the Dead Sea is a dead end. Water pours in, but because it never pours out, life can't be sustained there. And sadly, I think that's what a lot of Christians' lives can look like. Get in your business for like a half a second. Is that cool? You have to say yes. Many Christians fill up. They get poured into, but they never give out. Now, I'm not talking about the people that have the normal rhythms of, you know, following after Jesus where you read your word and you study the Bible every single day and you worship and you have a a healthy prayer life. I'm talking about the people that go beyond the normal rhythms and practices. They're the people that don't just come and receive in their house where they're a part of a congregation, but they're the ones who like binge watch sermons. You know, where they're like, oh, I love so-and-so, this preacher, and they're watching like five different preachers through the week. 
And they're like, that sermon was good. And we know we have access online now with online church to so many preachers. And they're filling up on this word like, ooh, that was good. Like, oh, I received that. They're the, they're the Christians that listen to the podcasts all day long. And they, they, they're doing the Joyce Myers Bible study, but they also have the Bible app open and they have like, you know, 12 different Bible reading plans that they're a part of. And they're just filling up and taking in and filling up and taking in. They're even a part of one of those Christian coaching programs is online where you can go and find out more about yourself and your giftings and how God's wired you. And, you know, they, they then spend their spare time uh, listening to commentators and studying the word and digging into the Greek and the Hebrew. Now, all of these are good things, but they're just filling up and filling up. You know, they've read everything that Spurgeon's ever written. They're, they're studying every commentary they can get their hands on. And they're just filling up left and right. They come into the house of God. They come here and they receive the word and they receive in worship. But the problem is they receive, but they're never a part of the pouring out process in this room, in this space. And they feel kind of funny. Like, I don't know, something just feels off. I just feel funky inside and I can't pinpoint it. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna get a Christian mental health study. That's what I need. I need, I need to examine my mind and my soul so I can figure out why I feel this way. You know what? I'm gonna help you out. I'm gonna tell you why you feel that way. You feel that way because you're hoarding a lot of good stuff. You're filling up, but you're keeping it all inside and you're never letting it out. The problem is there's an inlet, but there's no outlet. There's a dead sea in you. You're dying inside because you're filling up and it's good stuff, but good stuff can turn bad when there's no outlet. But see, God, he's created rhythms that bring life. He's created rhythms that bring this life. See, re receiving has to include giving. Filling up has to include pouring out. A really good example of this is one of the rivers that feeds into the Dead Sea. It's called the Jordan River. Now, the Jordan River receives its water from the melted snow caps of the Lebanon mountains. They flow down and they feed the Jordan. And because it receives life from above, it's able to give out. Do you know that life is abundant in the Jordan? Because of the water source, the plants and uh, trees are able to grow along the riverbank where animals are able to form habitats in. Because of its abundance, it's, a, it's an environment where fish can, can spawn and there's an abundance there. It even feeds into the Sea of Galilee where it brings even more life to another body of water. It's not just plants and animals that receive from the, the Jordan River. It's also people who can get in a boat and fish you know that the Jordan River even was a place that John the Baptist baptized Jesus and other people. The Jordan is able to give out because it first receives. It receives from the mountain above. And because of that, because of the free gift that the mountains bring, freely it gives out, causing it to be full of life. Psalm 65, nine says this, the river of God has plenty of water. It provides a bountiful harvest of grain. 
Do you know that life grows where water flows? Now say that with me. Life grows where water flows. You didn't really say it online. They didn't really say it in this room, so we're going to say it again. Life grows where water flows. He, a river receives, but it also pours out. And we've been created to do the same to not just receive, but also to pour out. To not just have an inlet, but to have an outlet. And I love the Apostle Paul because he, he shows us this in the book of Philippians. In the book of Philippians, we get a unique view into Paul's heart and his mind. See, Paul didn't see his life as his own. He didn't care about his status. He didn't care about what he could gain. He didn't care about what he could attain or his own comforts or desires. Instead, Paul saw his life as a reenactment of the life and story of Jesus. He said, my life, it's not my own. And Paul writes to the Philippian church and he says this in Philippians 2:17, but I will rejoice even if I lose my life, pouring it out like a liquid offering to God. And Paul is talking about this liquid offering. He's talking about, he's referring to an illustration of the sacrifice that would happen in the Old Testament, where the, the priests would bring an offering. God commanded them, he said in Numbers 28, he said, I want you to bring me an offering. This was an offering for their sin. So every day they would come and they would bring a spotless lamb and they'd lay it out on the altar before God. And along with the lamb, God said, I want you to also bring me a grain offering and a liquid offering. Now, this liquid offering wasn't just like, you know, crystal geyser, bottle of water, like, here you go, Lord. But God was specific. He said, I want you to bring me the best wine that you've made. I want you to bring me the best. Like, I'm not talking about, you know, the $7 Kirkland brand bottle that you picked up at Costco last week. I'm talking about the good stuff. The stuff that's in the back of the wine fridge, the stuff you're waiting to celebrate a good occasion with. God said, I don't want you to drink it. I want you to pour it out as an offering before me. And Paul's life was this living example of a life that was being poured out. You know, Paul had been beaten, he'd been persecuted. He'd been betrayed, he'd been hated, he was laughed at, he was put on trial, and he's writing this letter as he sits in prison. As he's sitting there in prison, he said, but you know what, I can rejoice because I know that my sole purpose, the reason I am alive is so that my life can be poured out upon the earth. And then Paul, he doesn't just point to himself, he says, I want you to look, Philippian church, I want you to look at a couple of guys. And he begins to describe some men of God in the, in the Philippian church. He points out Timothy. Timothy was a son in the Lord to Paul. And he points to Timothy and he says, hey, look at his life. Do you know that Timothy didn't care what his status was? He didn't try and attain all kinds of things, but instead he gave up his life for you. Do you know that Timothy, he cares about you, Philippian church, more than he cares about himself? And there were some other people that were supposed to stay and serve with him, but they chose their own life. They put their own needs above your needs. But Timothy, look at him. Look at how he's pouring out his life. And then he points to this other guy named Epaphroditus. 
I don't know if David and Alicia are still in the room getting ready to have a baby in a month. Epaphroditus, there you go. You got your name. But Epaphroditus had traveled to Rome to visit Paul in prison, to bring him food, to bring him gifts. And he ended up getting really sick and almost dying. And Paul says, look at Epaphroditus. He poured out his life, like look at his example, look at what he's doing. And Paul says, look at my example, church. I'm sitting here in prison for you. I'm sitting here in prison because my life is not my own. It's not about what I can attain. It's not about my goals. But my life is this offering to be poured out before God. And ultimately, Paul points to Jesus. And he says, look at Jesus. Look at me as I imitate Christ. Here, Paul is echoing Jesus' chief mission. As he said in Matthew 21, 28, Jesus said this of himself, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Paul was reminding the Philippian church in chapter two, saying Jesus came to the earth fully God, and he emptied himself of his status. He said, I didn't come as a king to be served, but I came to serve others. And he's pointing to Jesus saying, look at it. Ultimately, he gave up his life, pouring it out like an offering, laying down his life. Back to, back to Numbers 28 and the practice of the priests. They would come and they would bring the offering, the spotless lamb, and they'd have to do that every single day because of the people's sin. It was an offering to say, God, would you forgive us of our sins? Here you go. But Jesus said, no, I'm coming as the spotless lamb so that we don't have to do that anymore. I'm gonna be the ultimate sacrifice. My life laid out on the altar for you. And Paul is echoing this saying, I am following after Jesus and if he can lay his life down, and he can be a sacrifice, let my life be like that liquid offering poured out next to him on the altar. Let it be this liquid offering that I don't just fill up and attain, but let me pour out my life. See, Paul doesn't just encourage and remind the Philippian church of this, but he encourages and reminds us that this is our chief mission. Church, our purpose is to pour out our lives. Our purpose is to pour, not just to receive, but to be the offering to pour out. The ways that we pour out is you pour out with your time. You know, God's put specific people in your sphere of influence, family and friends and coworkers and neighbors. Well, we pour out our lives when we give them our time and we say, you know what? My needs, my life, I lay it down for them. Like your needs are above mine. We serve others the way Jesus served others. We take that example with our time. We do it with our finances. When God gives to us, we see it as a channel of blessing to say, you know what? You've given me all of this. I don't need to hoard this and hang on to it, but freely you've given to me and now freely let me give out. We do it with our gifts. Do you know that the gifts God has enabled you with, the gifts and talents, they're not for you, they're for other people. He's designed and created you 
And he said, would you take these things that I've handed to you, that I've given to you, and would you use them to pour out into other people's lives? Going into your workspace. It's not just a place you get a paycheck, but you are ordained to be there, to be that living example and to use your God-given gifts in that space. God's gifted you. He's gifted you to be a part of a body. And I don't care what we call the people who serve around here, dream team or not, he's called you to be a part of it. Come on, let the teachers teach. Let the people that know hospitality and guest services and know how to love people and have a smile on their face, yes, even with their eyes, let us pour out our lives. This is our purpose. But we can only pour out what we first received. Jesus didn't say, pour out what you don't have. No, he says, pour out what you've freely been given, what you've freely received. Which begs the question today, what have you received? What has God poured out into you, into your specific life? Because he didn't just pour it out into you so that you could hold it inside where death could begin to set in. No, he poured it to you so he could pour it out of you. What's been poured in you? I wanna illustrate what this rhythm looks like. Tim's gonna come up here and actually Allie and Micah, you guys already know, good job. Ati, you're gonna come up and I wanna illustrate for you what this rhythm of filling up and pouring out looks like, what giving and receiving looks like. We're gonna get this all together. I just have to point out real quick how fabulous your mask is. Thank you, Ati, for bringing not just you know, your, your smile, but your uh, pizzazz to our guest team today. But this is a picture of what pouring out and filling up looks like, and I, I'm just gonna pretend for a moment that this isn't my cat Sammy's fountain where she drinks water. <laughs> We're just all gonna pretend like this is a beautiful fountain that is lovely to look at. Man, my cat's bougie. She's bougie. She don't drink out of a bowl. She drinks out of a fountain. Sarah, your girl's got some of this? Okay, okay, boys, I don't know. She's got all the cats. But this is my Mount Lebanon. This is the source where I draw from. This represents where I go to get filled up. And this represents my life. You see, every single day, I come to this fountain to receive. I receive from the water, from the life. I receive, just ignore that awkward sound. This is where I come and I hang out with Jesus and I read his word. And when I read his word, he brings truth to my life. I don't, I don't just get to be filled up with a bunch of information, but I get to get to know the God of heaven. And this is where he teaches me and instructs my heart. This is where sometimes he corrects me. This is the place I come for comfort. That when I worship him and I'm going through it in life, he comes and he wraps his arms around me and in prayer, I commune with him. This is where he tells me who I am. He shows me my giftings. This is where I receive from him. And this is a daily thing. Just wanna say real quick, there's some of you in our church who haven't figured out 
this daily rhythm. Do you know that Jesus uses his own life as an example, says in the word that daily, he found some time to get away to be alone with his father. Man, if Jesus needs to spend time in prayer and communing with the Father every day, I most certainly do. You most certainly do. But it's on the daily that I come to receive from him. And I look pretty good. It's nice and full. Look at how full my life is. But the problem is if I let this water, if I let this life sit in here for too long, it'll become stagnant. And what will happen is calcification will start to happen. And pretty soon, because there is no outlet, there is no flow, things start to die. No, because I was meant to receive so that I could be poured out. Life happens in that flow. And the revelation that I receive in the secret place and the time that I spend with God, when I read the word and he shows me what he what he's saying, and he speaks to my heart. Do you know that revelation's not just for me? No, it's meant for somebody else. It's meant for me to share it with them. You know, the comfort that I find when I get alone with God, when I pray, and he tells me who I am, he, he loves on me, that comfort's not just for me. It's for somebody else to be poured into them. And when I go back to the fountain, when I, not just in my devotion to God, but because he has my whole life, he has my heart, which means he has my finances. Because this life is not just for me. And he's given me so much. I've always had enough to eat. I've always had a roof over my head. But it's not for me to hoard. No, he says, freely I've given to you. Now freely pour out. And I begin to give and I learn about tithing and I start to give to the house of God, this place where they're creating this space for people like me to find life in him. And then the missions and the outreach and the ways that this church feeds the city, I say, I wanna be a part of that. I wanna give to that single mom who shows up to the pantry for food every week. And I pour out. And then, it's in this place that I find out who I am and what my giftings are. How he uniquely formed and fashioned me and created me to live my life. And again, these gifts are not for me to hoard, to look in the mirror and say, look at what great gifts you have. Oh, oh Robin, you're so wonderful. Look at how full, yeah, I'm full of myself at that point, literally. No, he gave me these gifts so I could pour them out. He gave us this so that I could figure out, hey, I kind of have a bit of a teaching gift on my life. I certainly have some hospitality on my life. And he says, don't hoard that. Open up your home. Create a space where people can come and receive from me. And then in this space, being able to figure out how I'm uniquely gifted and say, how can I be a part of this body that pours out to the congregation, to the city? How can I use my gift in my workspace? I don't want to hoard it, but God, you give it to me so I freely pour it out. Come on, we get filled up so we can pour out. Come on, we receive so we can give. This is our life's mission. Can you give it up for these guys up here. Please don't drink that water. Came from a cat fountain. 
that'll mess you up. Really quick, I just, I wanna speak to our online service. You know, there's some stuff we talk about that you can't relate to right now. You're like, I can't serve on the dream team right now. I'm, I'm still at home. Those who are immune compromised that are a part of our congregation or those who have family members who are, man, I love you. You're a part of our house still. And I wanna speak directly to you. I don't wanna leave you out in this because maybe you still are finding yourself in that season when you're, where you're only filling up. And you're like, I don't have the opportunities to pour out. I'm not seeing anyone. I don't see my coworkers. Can't see my friends or my neighbors. I wanna remind you of Paul's example. Because although Paul spent so much time on missionary journeys and he went out and he preached the gospel and he, he prayed for people and he commissioned others and he brought sons and daughters up in the Lord and he cared for churches and he visited them. He did a lot of stuff where he got to travel and not be socially distanced. But then all of a sudden Paul found himself as he wrote this letter to the Philippian church, he found himself sheltered in place. He found himself not able to go out, but guess what? That didn't stop him. No, he found a way. I keep wanting to say he grabbed a pen and paper to write this letter, but I'm sure it was like some parchment and charcoal, I don't know. But the point is that he found a way to pour out. Come on, those of you who are still at home, I don't care what it looks like, get creative, pray and ask God, how do I pour out in this season? Because your rhythm still is, your mandate still is to fill up and pour out. Come on, this is the mission. This is the mandate for our lives. Our purpose is to fill up and then pour out. As we close today, I just wanna address a question that somebody might be asking themselves today, might be wrestling with, if I pour out, if I do this, what if I end up empty? Yeah, band, you guys can come. What if I end up empty as I pour out, as I give my time to those around me, as I share my finances? Ooh, that scary one. What if I end up empty? I wanna read you a promise out of John 7, 37. It says this, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scripture declares rivers of living waters will flow from my heart. Church, the promise is if we're committed to pouring out, he will never stop filling us up. The flow will never stop. We consistently can come back to this space and say, God, I've, I'm feeling kind of empty. I'm no, son, daughter, come here. And we can fill up. His promise is that he will never leave us empty if we're willing to continue to pour out. So my heart, my hope for today is that we would follow in Paul's example as he points to Timothy and follow in his example. And he points, he points to Epaphroditus and he ultimately points to Jesus and said, church, let's pay attention. Let's get it right that our 
chief main mission in life is to fill up and pour out. Let the rhythm of receiving and then giving be our sole purpose. Be what we don't just do on a Sunday morning when we greet somebody at the front door, but let it be what I do every day. That I wake up in the morning and I say, thank you, Father. Thank you for pouring out to me. Who do you want me to give this to? Would you show me? But let this be our mission. Let's not overcomplicate things. Let us fill up and then let us pour out. Amen. Amen. Bow your heads with me. I want to pray for us today. Father, I thank you for your word and I thank you for the simplicity. I pray that this rhythm would be active in our lives. First, that we would have the rhythm of filling up every day, that there is a fountain that we can draw from. I pray right now for every person that doesn't have that rhythm in their life, that it would become the rhythm through discipline and by the power of the Holy Spirit, this would be what they start doing. Come on, when they open up their word, even they're like, I don't know where to start. I thank you that your word comes alive when we faithfully search after you. Father, I pray for the rhythm of coming and, and being filled up by you in prayer and communing with you and worshiping you. Father, let that first and foremost be what rhythm starts and is active in our life. And then Father, we just say as believers, we are committed to pouring out. We say, we echo Paul, this life is not my own, but I lift up my life as a liquid offering unto you, O oh God, that we could pour out on the altar next to you and say, if you can give your life for me, I can give my life for this. God, let that be our heart's cry. And then right now, I wanna pray for those of you in the room and those of you listening online that would say that you find yourself empty because you're far from God. Those of you who've been far away from Him, maybe you once served Him and followed after Him, but you find yourself far this morning or today. And those of you who have never committed your life to Him, do you know that Jesus offers you this living water? He offers it to you. I'm gonna read out John 7, 37 again. He says, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone, if you're thirsty today, I pray right now that your heart would respond and say, God, I'm coming after you. Come on, He promises that if you believe in Him and start following after Him, He will fill you. You don't have to stay empty any longer. Right now, I wanna make that opportunity for those of you who are far away from Him to come close today. So if you're ready to follow Jesus, I just, and, and pray this prayer with me. If you're in the room, I want you to simply look up at me or raise your hand. Come on, don't be shy. If God is calling you this morning. Amen, I see you right there. Amen. Come on, anybody else here in the room or online, anybody making a decision to follow after Jesus? Come on, I wanna pray this with you today. Jesus, I confess you as Lord. Just pray this in your heart. I believe you are who you say you are and that you died for me and resurrected from the grave. Thank you, Father, for giving me life. Today, I choose to follow you, to become your disciple and to walk in your ways all the days of my life until I see you face to face in heaven. Come on, can we just give it up for those who prayed that prayer today? Come on. 
Hey, if you made that decision to follow after Jesus, uh, I want you to do here in the room, I'm gonna give you instructions and then I'll give you instructions online. Uh, there's a simple uh, way that we do this and it's kind of new. So I want everybody in the room to take out your phone. Can you do that? It's kind of different, right? Take it out and I want you to open up your text message as if you're gonna compose a message. Now, if you made a decision to follow Jesus, I simply want you to type TFHSF to 97,000. It's right up here on the screen. And everybody else who took out your phone, I want you to, uh, maybe somebody didn't come to church today that you missed, I want you to text him and say, I missed you at church today. And then those of you online, there's a button that popped up that says raise hand. I want you to click on that and it's gonna take you to a connect card. Those of you who are filling that out in the room, fill out that connect card. And I want you to take that out to our lobby, to our connect area where our team wants to help you start your journey strong. They wanna give you a free Bible and some resources about how to start that journey strong. And then as you fill that out online, we're gonna send you uh, some information. Somebody's gonna reach out to you this week and we'll send you a Bible. Come on. Thank you so much for joining us today, both online and in the room. I love you guys. Let's live a life. Let's start this week of filling up and pouring out. Amen. Come on, stand to your feet. Hey, thanks for taking the time to listen to the Father's House podcast. We hope it helped you wherever you're at in your journey. And listen, we want to pray with you if you're going through something right now that's difficult. You can go to our website, tfh.church, and click on the prayer and praise link and tell us how to join you in prayer. Until next time, be blessed.